All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and today it's another of the Driven Life Podcasts where I am talking to people in the racing industry about habits that could help you or motivation or just things that could be beneficial for self-improvement. And so one of those could potentially be the keto diet, uh, because a lot of you have probably heard of the keto diet. Maybe you are familiar with it, maybe not. But somebody who is super into it and has been on it to great success so far is Matt Tift, the Cup Series rookie for Front Row Motorsports. Matt, as you are aware, had a brain tumor that had to be removed, and the keto diet, he was told, was one of the things that would aid in that not coming back, which is obviously something that he did not want to happen. So uh, he gets into that story, and we find out more about how it could work for you and I. All right, everybody, I'm here with Matt Tift, and Matt, uh, thank you for joining us, first of all. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. So um, you've obviously been through a lot more than the average person has. I think it would be fair to say, at, at least at this age in your life, um, you had a brain tumor and it had to be removed. And uh, as a result, I understand um, you're on the keto diet. I think that's a, a result of the tumor, correct? Sure. Yeah, it, it wasn't um, It wasn't for probably a, a year and a, f- a few months that I really found it. Um, but I had a friend over at the National Brain Tumor Society uh, who I worked with very closely you know, through my recovery process and everything. And she was a uh, a track runner at um, at UNC Chapel Hill uh, years ago, and she said, "Hey, I know you've been struggling a little bit with getting the last bit of your you know mental clarity and stuff back after you know the recovery process." And she goes, "Hey, I've heard of this uh, ketogenic diet. I've been on it for a few weeks, and I'm feeling great. And there's some clinical studies that are showing that um, the keto diet can help prevent a brain tumor from uh, from growing or coming back. In my case, so uh, I was." You know, I was feeling okay, but I hadn't made a full, you know, recovery back from how I was feeling after the surgery and stuff. And this was probably September of 2017. And so we were going to Dover that weekend for the playoffs. And I went cold turkey one day from going, you know, normally eating whatever to the next day starting full out keto, you know, hardly Whoa. any carbs, hardly any sugar. So I was feeling it that, <laughs> that weekend for sure. But uh, it's so it's been... Well, I guess what a, a year and a half uh, since then. Wow, that's amazing! And you've stuck to it all that all that time. I have. I've had you know, uh, I can probably count on one hand the amount of cheat days I've had in a year and a half. So um, the thing I love about it, and uh, you know, my teammate Michael McDowell's on it too. My fiance's on it now, and like, wow. um, but what's cool about it to me is I've been able to. Uh, I was able to go on it and I got much better mental clarity. I was feeling great. And all of a sudden I started dropping weight too. So I think from when I started, I'm 45 pounds down or something. No way. Yeah. So it, it's, and you're not like a huge guy no, to begin with. No, it was just, you know, kind of back to my high school weight really. Um, but you know, I just feel, I feel better than I ever have. Um, I love it because there's so many alternatives. In the beginning, there weren't so many, but it's become so popular that people are making alternatives for, you know, cookies and chocolates and uh, and breads and stuff. And I don't indulge in all of them, but it makes it sustainable. Um, and, and I think the, the cool part about it, too, is I've learned, you know, more of the research side about it is how, you know, it can help reverse type 2 diabetes. It can uh, prevent ag- against epilepsy and dementia and Alzheimer's, which was the original goal for it. And, you know, my brain tumor effects in there and that too. So my crew chief just started it last week. Mike Kelly did. And, um, but I think the, the cool thing for me is, you know, I talked to Danny Stockman about it last year, uh, at, when I was over at RCR and cause he saw how much I had lost and how well I was doing and stuff. I said, Danny, why don't you just try it out? 
He goes, all right, all right, I'll try it. And I think today he's down 70 pounds. Oh. And the dude looks like he's lost six or seven years. Like he looks, you know, just looks so young now and stuff. And it's, it's cool to see that for me to to know that like, hey, I, I helped a guy in the garage area do that. I know my fiance, it helped a lot of her, um, you know, just little uh, like uh, she'd have a high heart rate sometimes for no reason or um, just stuff, everyday stuff. She just wouldn't be feeling so great. And all of a sudden it helps her feel better. So I just love it. Uh, just because I feel better on it. So that's why I'm a big advocate of it. Wow. That's no, you make it sound really good. Um, so like if somebody's listening and all they've heard is the term of it, can you go over Mm -hmm. like, like what are, what are the basics of it and why does it help people? Sure. So, uh, the basic formula to achieve a keto diet is 75% of your daily calories come from fat sources, 20% come from protein and 5% come from carbs. And so what it ends up being is roughly 20 grams or less of carbs per day. That's a fig Newton, one fig Newton. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, uh, so that's a big adjustment for most people in the beginning is just finding what has carbs in it, what has sugar in it and what doesn't sugar free doesn't mean carb free. Mm. Um, but the, uh, so the whole science behind it, just not to get too crazy with it, but your body has two uh, energy, you know, fuel sources. So there's glycogen and there's ketones. So glycogen is sugar. So when you intake uh, carbohydrates or sugars, your body breaks it down and uses glycogen to fuel your body. That's why people have, you know, uh, blood sugar spikes and, you know, uh, ups and downs, peaks and valleys, whatever you want to call it. Uh, with ketones, so at any given time, you have about 32,000 calories worth of fat in your body. So marathon runners, endurance athletes, they run more on the ketones after they you know, kind of burn through that initial uh, phase. So it's a more efficient process for your body. And the other thing, too, is the insulin response from the foods you eat on a ketogenic diet um, is extremely low. So it's kind of like eating um, similar to a diabetic, but what it does is it reduces the inflammation in your body, which is why it has the cancer curing uh, or cancer, you know, um, positive effects to it. I don't want to say curing. I don't want to say that at all, but uh, I've seen examples of that because of the the reduction of inflammation in your body. And that's why you just kind of feel better because you feel like this heaviness and fog has been lifted off of you. Wow. So like now this sounds kind of complicated um, and I understand that part of it is um, you have to take, you have to check your blood levels or something. You don't have to. My my teammate, Mike Modell, he likes to, but I think it's, he's a, He's kind of a nerd about it. I mean, okay. it just you know, he's super into it. I've checked it twice in the year and a half I've been on it. So, so it's not I, a necessity. I, no, no, not at all. You can do that. It's a cool tool because you can see exactly you know how you're doing. Um, I just go more off a of feel. Okay, so I guess my thing is like, like, like we're all busy, right? And and you are on the road too. So you're as busy as anybody. How do you keep this up when you're traveling? When you're out at dinner? When there's not you know, great food options available? Like, how do you maintain this? Well, so there's there's two kind of things uh, about it. There's something called lazy keto, which you kind of have to go on on the road, which is um, meaning that not everything is all organic, all grass-fed, whatever, because on, on a very clean keto diet, that is, you know, what you would have ultimate, you know, that, that's, the, that's the optimal thing, just like in any clean eating diet you talk about. Um, what I say that's achievable... I think it's way too hard to do that all the time. Uh, but for me, you know, the 
the essentials of a keto diet, I would say for somebody starting is uh, bulletproof coffee, which is essentially butter coffee. Uh, so I have that every morning. Um, avocados are a great source of fat and a healthy fat too. So where you're not going to, you know, um, you're not going to feel bad, like you're eating fat. Like that's a good healthy fat. Nuts. Um, but then also if you go to a restaurant, uh, you know, last night I got a 12-ounce um New York strip steak. You know, you can do steak, you can do vegetables, you can do uh, burgers without buns, you can do uh, you can do smoked chicken wings if you want to. So that part of it makes it easy for me because, and you can do cheese. Um, so you can do all the things where you kind of think like a fat kid, but you just take out the, the grains and, and the, the bread and stuff from there. And for me, that makes it super sustainable. Um, but you can do like almond milk and, and things like that to where, uh, you know, it, does, it doesn't feel like you're missing out on much. And they have so many products now, like Quest bars and cookies and stuff. It doesn't feel like you're missing out on that much stuff anymore. And it's great that they have those options now. Because when I started, they didn't have that many. But now that it's so mainstream, uh, they've come out with so many things. You can go to a gas station and pick up something you can fit into your, your daily macros of that uh, 75% um, split of, of calories in there. Do you have to, like, sort of keep a chart or track uh, of like what you've eaten and stuff to maintain that. Yeah, so I use uh, I use my Fitness Pal, uh, which is an app uh, from the App Store, and I do the premium membership because it allows you to put in all your goals for your macronutrients between the fat, carbs, and protein. Um, but you don't necessarily have to. I think people who are starting off on it, it's good to do that just to see where you're at because you kind of learn what foods have higher percentages of protein and carbs that you don't really necessarily need to have or want to have in there. Um, So it's good for the first month or two. Past that, people get in a rhythm and don't really need to do it that much. But if you're trying to be, you know, at an optimal state of it to either lose weight or, um, you know, try to get blood pressure down or whatever the heck it is that you're trying to achieve, it's nice to have that just to confirm what you're doing. Um, but a lot of it's off a of feel. Like I know if I go eat, uh, a pork chop or something, I need to have ranch or blue cheese. Like you can, uh, you have to have a little bit of a fat source with it. And that's another thing too. You know, you can do wedge salads and cob salads and Caesar salads and things like that. You just take off the croutons and it's, it's not too bad. Hmm. So do you like, do you miss like, uh, having a cake or cupcake or <laughs> something like that? Like, do you miss that stuff? You know, the, f- I have a bad sweet tooth. I'm, I'm totally guilty of that. So the first six months, that was kind of tough for me. Uh, but like I said, they didn't have those bars and stuff that they do now. And that really takes care of my sweet tooth. So like I can go in my trailer and I got, I got chocolate chip cookies in there that are totally fine for keto. Um, so that's where I can kind of solve it with that. Uh, but certainly you do have those urges. But as long as you have, if you just you know substitute it out with a keto-friendly one or a, a lower uh, carb count one of those, then you're generally okay. But the, th- the cool thing about it was, is that the, um, the higher amount of fat you do have and you, you start getting regulated in that, those cravings go away. So like I can sit down at, uh, at an Outback and, and look at you know the, that brown pumpernickel bread or whatever, and that used to kill me because I wanted some of that so bad. Yeah. And now it's like, eh, I'm good, you know. But uh, one thing I would tell people is that if you do have those urges or cravings in there, it's okay to have one fry. It's okay to have one onion ring. The thing is you don't go overboard because you can still fit it. There's no 
keto not friendly foods. It's just getting it in the daily count. So oh, I see. Yeah, so it's not like it's not like you're going to kill yourself doing it. Um, you just have to know that hey, if I have one or two fries, that's going to give me five carbs out of the twenty I'm allowed to have per day. And sometimes it's thirty carbs or whatever. But you just know, hey, if I have one or two and it kills that craving for me, you kind of enjoy it and it's out of your system. So it's not that it's banned, it's just the amount is so small that you have to choose that that's what going to yep. be your one thing, yep. basically. It, yeah, so you have, you know, you're at a, you have a, a cap on how much carbs you can have, and uh, and it's hard because you can have, the hardest part, I think, is that you have to think away from the usual things, so like white chicken, turkey, um, pork chops, like anything that's been told as a, as a healthy lean meat, you actually want to have the dark fattier ones, uh, to fit in there because your body will turn the protein back into glycogen and use it as sugar. So you have to be careful, um, with those things. So that's probably the hardest adjustment for most people the first 60 days or so. So, yeah, I was going to ask you, like, let's say I want to do this tomorrow or go go cold turkey like you did. That sounds really hard, first of all, (laughs) but, um, like, what is the adjustment period? Like, am I going to suffer through, like, two weeks of being, like, the most miserable, unpleasant person to be around? Or, like, how would that go? No. Um, so, typically, the first three days, you're on it. You're, you're adjusting, and you're feeling pretty good. You're not going to feel many benefits just yet. Uh, somewhere between the five- and ten-day period, you enter something um, called what, what might be referred to as the keto flu. So, what's happening is that your glycogen, your sugar stores are going away and is now being replaced with those ketones, which is the process of of becoming fat adapted. So now your body's using uh, fat for fuel. So you're not gonna feel terrible in there. You might feel a little cramps uh, like here and there. You might feel a little lethargic, maybe a bit of headaches. Uh, The easiest thing you can do is in that period, salt everything. Uh, because it holds on to the water better because when you lose those carbs, that's holding on to water. So you got to drink a lot of water, um, put some salt on stuff and get electrolytes, get little electrolyte packets or a vitamin water, zero power, zero, whatever. And that'll help you through it. And it normally only lasts three or so days, but it's only one day where you're actually really feeling it. Um, but then once you get to day 20, typically what happens is when you get to that three week period, all of a sudden the mental clarity picks up like crazy. You start to see the fat loss. Um, and, and that's where people turn its corner. So it's not something you can do for two or three weeks. Uh, you got to commit for 30 days, I would say. And then you decide if it's right for you or not. And Hey, it's, it's a, for me, it's a lifestyle that doesn't mean it's right for you. doesn't mean it's right for the other person, but I know the people that has helped. And, um, but it's just like, you know, for me, being on a clean eating diet, I'm so tempted with cheating that I, I couldn't stay on it. So keto is a lot easier for me because I feel like I'm cheating, but I'm actually not. Huh? Yeah. Well, um, let's move on to a a brief different, different topic before we have to go. Um, obviously, as I mentioned before, I mean, you, you've had a, a sort of a traumatic life experience. I don't know if that's what right way to describe it, but, um, that, that a lot of people probably don't have. And so you have probably a different perspective than some people have. Um, the last few years, when you look at this as a whole, um, do you look at life differently and, and do you have, do you feel like you have a different perspective? I do. I feel like, you know, I feel like it took me some time to mature and and realize exactly what it meant at the same time too. It wasn't like a light switch, you know, bam, I, it happened. Um, I feel like, you know, I was told by doctors I'd never drive a race car again. I was told that I probably wouldn't be able to drive a street car again. I would have to undergo chemo and radiation and all this stuff. And, and I went to different doctors and got different opinions in there. But, um, you know, ultimately, I think if you look at the second half of 2017 uh, and our 2018 season, 
all of a sudden I started to get a lot better. Our results started to get better. I started to perform better. You know, this opportunity with Front Row came up to jump to the Cup Series. And uh, I think that happened because I learned that I love racing. I absolutely love racing. It's my passion. It's what I want to do for my career. And, and I, you know, live and breathe racing. But at the same time, when you have a really crappy day, you know, when it just sucks and you're pissed off and it, you know, you're just like, damn, this 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 really sucks you know you just have those days sometimes in racing what I think it allows me to do is when I get back on the plane I'm able to digest the things that happen learn from it go home and reset because I know that for myself there's been much worse days but also when I went through that whole process there was people who who had grade four tumors my step-grandmother had a grade four tumor and passed away you know there were people who had it much worse off than I did and you know what I get to go around and drive a race car in the cup series for my living. Like that's, that's pretty sweet. Like that, you know, that that's a dream of most people. It's a dream of mine. I, you know, I was a fan. I, that was my dream to do this. So I think it puts it in perspective that you are allowed to have a bad day. You are allowed to be pissed off because you love it and you want to do better and you want to succeed. But when you go home, it resets and you go and you enjoy those little things. You know, I, I got engaged over the off season, looking forward to that, you know, just, Things, little things like that that you just kind of soak in and enjoy those parts of it more. And I think it, it allows you to um, be better gelled with the guys because they know you want it, but at the same time they know that things don't carry over from week to week because it's kind of an on and off switch that I've been allowed to now turn on and off faster because I can you know compartmentalize things better, I believe. So uh, going, going off that note, like if somebody's driving down the road now and they're listening to this, like what are some things that you feel like you've learned that you just wish you could apply to everybody else that you know you didn't have to learn the hard way that if they just knew this they would it would sort of help their perspective on life Uh, you know I, i think it's different for for every person um but at the same time I think allowing yourself to step back and enjoy moments, you know, the Daytona 500 pre-race and uh, riding around on the pace truck there and watching the Thunderbirds go by, you know, I allowed myself to soak that in. Yeah, I was, I was nervous as crap as the Daytona 500 is my first cup race. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, this is, this is nuts, but I allowed myself and I can remember that whole thing in my mind. If I would have been stressed out and, and, you know, just so focused on the race car at that moment, I would have missed that whole thing. And when I got in the, in, in the car and put my helmet on, I mean, you better bet I was ready to go. Um, but I think that it's just enjoying those things and enjoying the people who, you know, you're friends with or your loved ones or whatever. Um, but you know, my, my whole thing through my journey is I've been seen, seen as a very positive person through all this and kind of try to serve as an inspiration, uh, to people. And the, the biggest thing you can do is, you know, just, it's an old saying, but treat people how you want to be treated with stuff. And um, and I think that people get too lost in the every small day-to-day things that they lose track of bigger picture stuff. And like I said, it's okay to be mad at things. It's okay to be a human, but at the same time, try to do some good in the world. Try to be nice to people, even if it's, you know, if it's just petting your dog, you know, whatever the heck it is. Um, you know, it's just taking those little times to not let let time fly by because... I didn't know going in that that surgery room what was going to happen to me, and uh, I, I certainly then realized after, you know, going to going to a concert like that was fun again. You know, just you enjoyed those little moments more, and and uh, I think 
time flies by and crazy stuff happens and uh, you, you got to sit back and, and enjoy that stuff and realize you know for us in, in this industry you know we get so down on things and we we're so stressed out about stuff but we get to work in NASCAR you know that's one of the top sports in America in, in the world and that's pretty dang cool and, and I, I like to sit back and realize that you know so many kids have this dream of being a Cup Series driver and I get to do that and so I want to make sure I do the best job that I can. All right, everybody. So there you have it, Matt Tift on the Driven Life podcast. And uh, I don't know. I, you know, after hearing that, I really am tempted to try it. I don't know when the right timing is because I feel like I need to have a, a time when maybe when I'm home. I don't know if I want to try it the first weekend at the NASCAR track. And you know, I, obviously, it takes some planning with with what you eat. But um, yeah, it's it's something that definitely is intriguing. And obviously, you know, he and others have had success with it. So. Let me know if you guys end up trying it. I'd like to hear your stories. I, I think it'd be interesting to, to hear if anybody has is, is gotten into it. Anyway, coming up on the next edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck podcast, it's going to be a post-race version of the podcast from Texas Motor Speedway, where I actually am standing right now. So uh, check that out Sunday night. And then next week, it's going to be a 12 questions with Corey LaJoy. So look for that as well. Until then, I will talk to you later on the Untitled Jeff Gluck podcast.